I'm your host, Brad Alvarez, and welcome back to the Senior Living Concepts Podcast. In this episode, we're going to hear from Danielle Lavely, the Director of Interior Design at Belmont Village. Danielle is actively defying senior living design stereotypes by curating environments that are vibrant, fresh, and fun. Her work is award-winning. She was a huge part of Belmont Village winning Argentum's 2017 Senior Living by Design Award for the company's Cal Berkeley-affiliated community. Once you hear her talk about her work, I think you'll be pulled in by her incredible passion and her off-the-charts energy. Now let's dive in. I'm really curious, how did you end up in senior living? So um, I actually ended up in senior living because uh, I worked for another company up here in New England where I live, and they were doing contracted design work for a bunch of different operators all over the country. Um, so I pretty much headed up their um, you know, sales efforts and also sort of the design side of regulating, you know, what each oper- operator standards were and um, kind of seeing to it that the design department um, followed those, you know, particular standards and things like that. So um, then I ended up meeting Belmont Village because I did some contracted work for them. Um, and um, the second project that I did with them um, the, uh, CEO ended up, um, asking, uh, uh, our purchasing agent who I formed a really good relationship with at the time, um, you know, who I was and what my story was. And, um, then we sort of just connected and, um, it sort of was all history from there. And I decided to come over to Belmont village and just work, you know, just, just for them. So it's been really great known you for some time now. I've followed your Instagram and I see how much passion you bring to your job on a day to day. So for those who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, can you talk a little bit about what your day to day is like? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'd say that the day to day aspects of the job, um, it's really a balance of a lot of different things. So I would say it's like a balance of, you know, education. um, And that education is, what I mean by education is, you know, we do projects all over the country. We don't just do projects in one state or one region. So for me, there's a lot of um, education that goes into understanding the different areas that we might be building or doing a project in, the the type of people um, in that area. Um, Sometimes I'll travel to these places um, before I even start doing design just to kind of explore and really get a sense of what it feels like, you know, in, in um, that city. Um, I'll look at some of the hotels and restaurants and things like that and really just kind of get a feel for the area um, to help inform, you know, the decisions that I make when I come back home and um, I start to work on a project. So that's sort of like the the educative aspect of things. Um, And then of course the education when it comes to new products and always trying to be up to date on, you know, different offerings that manufacturers have. So I'll go to, there's two shows in particular that I go to twice a year that are pretty big, you know, hospitality or senior living shows. Um, And just really staying educated and informed on, you know, really all that's out there. Because if you can imagine it, I'm sure there is somebody out there that that makes that thing. And so the shows are a really great place to go to learn about those things and, and really have that discovery. 
Um, and then the other aspects of the day-to-day, I would say, is, of course, the, the creativity aspect. Um, and um, the last is, I would say, the technical aspect. So, you know, the creative process is the, the part where you kind of gather all your ideas together and you sort of have a, a I guess, a design charade of sorts where you're sort of just compiling all these ideas that you might have in different directions that you could possibly go um, and then narrowing it down from there. And then the technical aspect would be more of the floor plans and the finished schedules, the um, specification books for furniture or for lighting. You know, uh, I do a lot of lighting design work to do like custom fixtures, things like that. So all that stuff is, is very technical and there is definitely a creative aspect to it. But I think it, it leans more on the technical side. Um, so that's sort of the the all-encompassing <clears throat> balance of everything. And, you know, every day is a little bit different um, because every project's a little bit different. So it makes it kind of nice because I'm never bored. <laughs> I'm really curious about one of those projects in particular. So you've been, again, you've been known to piece together really innovative design concepts and I think the most famous one was in Albany, California, where you and your team won Argentum's 2017 Senior Living by Design Award. Yeah. That community has a design unlike anything I've ever seen, anything I've ever heard of in senior living or elsewhere. Can you talk a little bit about the themes at play and how it all came together? Yeah, what a compliment. Thank you so much. Yeah, so that particular project, the starting point for that project was basically based off the fact that I had never been to Northern California before. So I really knew like, I did not know where to start. Um, And so I I did do some discovery. I did so much research, you know, traveled there, got a a sense, you know, like I talked about before of the area. I mean, I ordered so many books and read up on so much. And, um, you know, finally, I ended up thinking, well, you know, this is a demographic that is highly um, highly educated, uh, very much into being eco-conscious, you know, that sort of thing. So I thought, well, when all else fails, the best place to start for inspiration is always to look to nature. I mean, that's something that I, I learned in school a very long time ago. So I was like, you know, back to the basics, I'm just going to look to nature um, to try to figure out what I'm going to do here. And so I ended up grabbing a bunch of um, images of the Golden Gate Bridge um, and the reason that I grabbed that image was because, A, it's very iconic, but B, you know, where our property is situated is considered sort of like the, the gateway to the Golden Gate Bridge because it's, you know, it's very close. So um, I grabbed a bunch of pictures off the Internet of the Golden Gate Bridge and I found one that really spoke to me and I just sort of stared at it. And then all of a sudden I thought, you know what, this building could be a representation of this image and I can pull out different aspects of this image to create a concept for each level of the building that would tell a story, but would also help with the wayfinding because it's a pretty big building. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I see myself getting lost in some of our buildings because they just are so big. So I can imagine others probably feeling like they get a little bit lost, too. So. You know that concept and I just started pulling out colors from the image and then eventually that turned into well all of the elements you know of the earth are represented in this image so what if each level of the building representation of 
one of the five elements. So, you know, the first level ended up being like a representation of, you know, the element of earth, the, you know, the second was, you know, wind, water, fire, you know, going up. So um, that sort of idea or concept informed all of the decisions that I made on each floor from the color palette to the fabrics to the forms of the light fixtures that I chose, you know, the forms of some of the lamps and the accessories, the artwork and what was represented in the artwork. And so as you're going through that project, what's really cool about it is that on each level in, in the main elevator lobby, which everyone would pass and see, there is uh, a written explanation of, you know, where the influence to that level came from. So, you know, on the first level, it says like, you know, that this level is the representation of earth and there's an explanation of, you know, what that actually means. And so I think that what made that concept work and what made it really interesting for the people that you know, visit that community um, or live there is that you walk through the building and there there really is a story that's being told in every single space. And I think people really like that. I think it's really, it's fun, but it also um, creates a sense of meaning and purpose behind all of the things that are chosen. And so people gain a different kind of appreciation from what they're looking at um, because they have a deeper understanding. I mean, I've, I've seen that piece, I, you know, obviously I've told you I saw the building, but had a chance to read that explanation of what each part of the building represents. But even so, I didn't know this backstory. And that makes me especially curious about your creative process more generally, not just at this at this community. So you've mentioned that you typically immerse yourself in that area as much as you can and read up on the area. Is that standard for your for your creative process? I mean, is it often like the Albany building where you find this one particular item or picture or story that really speaks to you and everything stems from that one item or is it typically more of an amalgam of different resources coming together yeah I would say that it it's probably leans more towards the first one where you know it's it's kind of like I have um one idea and everything sort of stems off of that one idea um sort of like a tree trunk right and you look under the under the sand and there's like all these roots and that's sort of how I look at the project is like there's there's really one main thing that I'm getting at and then everything else that stems from that um, it, it, it's derived from from that main source so um, like for example um, the building that uh, is their grand opening is actually this coming up weekend on um, on Saturday of, of this week um, Lincoln Park in Chicago um, that building was you know the, that whole concept stemmed from the idea of um, the Industrial Revolution in Chicago and um, the concept that, you know, the outside of, of this building looks very uh, traditional with the, you know, you know, Chicago red brick. It's what everybody knows, you know, um, and, and, you know, uh, coming up to a building like that, I think that you, most people would expect something very specific looking at the exterior of that type of building. They would expect to see something when they walked in so I kind of wanted them the opposite of what they expected there and do something that was more modern and industrial and sort of reflected that era um, of of Chicago so um, and then Albany you know we talked about that derived from the five elements which derived from a picture um, and then uh, our other building that we're opening this year in Fort Lauderdale 
that was totally different. That one, um, the concept there derived from the uh, local marine animals and uh, again, finding pictures of um, local marine animals and then deciding, you know, that's a very tall building, almost like a high rise. So there's multiple levels and, you know, assigning sort of, you know, an animal to each level, um, I guess you could say, and then taking that the picture of that animal and pulling out the color palette from it. And everything on that level has been informed by the, the colors that have been um, pulled out from a picture of an indigenous marine life. So, um, you know, it, it always starts with a, a single idea um, and then everything else that you see, you know, stems from that. And again, it's about it's about telling the story. And I hope that in all of my projects, the goal at the end is not to just make something that looks pretty or that functions really well um, for our senior residents, but also something that tells a story um, and has bigger purpose and bigger meaning. Um, I like to look at our projects or design architectures. It's almost like artwork, right? Like you look at a painting and, you know, you learn about all, all the messages that are in, in a painting and you think, well, I have so much more appreciation for, you know, this thing that I'm looking at now that I kind of understand the story. Um, and I kind of look at architecture and interior design the same way. Like it's three-dimensional artwork. And when someone walks through there, they should they should understand what the story is and what the message is um, as well. You know, I, I want to expand on that a little bit, actually, where you talk about some of these features that you're putting in these buildings, somebody would never expect their first time walking into a senior living community to have any of these three concepts that you discussed, whether it was from Albany, from Lincoln Park in Chicago, or the Fort Lauderdale animal theme by Floor as well. And I want to take a little bit of a different spin on that. I'm there's this great podcast, 99% Invisible, that focuses on the overlooked and misunderstood elements of design. And I'm curious from your end, whether it's from the artistic side or from the functionality side, what are some sneaky design features that you've seen or even implemented that the average passerby probably won't notice? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and it's interesting um, because I think that in senior living, um, sneaky de design features are, that's where it's the most important, right? Because you don't want to have a building that someone walks into and thinks, oh yeah, this, this is, this is for seniors. Like, you know, there's this cliche sort of like stigma that I think a lot of the population that isn't 100% educated on, um, you know, senior living just yet, because it is relatively a new concept. Um, they, they have this, this thing in their head that they expect to see. And so I think being able to, to do the opposite and, do, and have some of these sneaky features that an average person wouldn't understand or, or notice are really, really important for what we do. So like, for example, the scale of furniture is a sneaky feature. It's, it's um, very common knowledge. You know, it's no big secret to people that are in the industry, but outside of the industry, they probably wouldn't notice things that like, you know, all the chairs in um, a project, all of them will have arms. Easier for people to get, you know, up and into chairs when they have arms versus without. Um, the scale of the chair in general or the sofa or, or any, you know, seating item. So, you know, you would never put, let's say, uh, a chair or a sofa in a senior living project that had a, a 15 or 16 inch height off the floor for the seat. You know, you want something that's a little bit higher, maybe 19 inches, 20, 18, somewhere around there. 
um, again, because it's, it's easier for them to get up. And I think anyone really to get up and out of a chair that has um, a little bit uh, higher of a seat height. Um, something new that I've been doing, and I'm sure it's not new, you know, in the in the field, but um, um, is this bar seating illusion. So, um, and the people, you know, the residents that we serve, um, they tend to be more, I think, on the assisted assisted side for the most part. So um, things like, you know, bar top or countertop seating really don't work as well um, for our clients. So I wanted to get the same effect of, you know, a bar seating like in a sports lounge area um, without having the high countertop and seating height. So um, what I recently did something in Lincoln Park that worked out well is I had a built-in um, granite top and the, and the built-in granite comes up to about 30 inches high, which is like standard dining height. Another thing is just, you know, I think everyone understands that in senior living, there's an aspect of um, health and wellness. Um, but um, those things are more and more becoming sort of um, back of the house, if you will. Um, again, everyone knows we have that aspect in the building, but there's really no purpose in kind of making that forefront in the front of the house where everyone can see it. You know, it's not the prettiest thing. It's not the most dignified thing. Um, so to be able to have, you know, a, a wellness center that is enclosed in, let's say, in the back of the house where our residents can go and get medications or treatments and things like that. Um, again, it kind of hides the, the less dignified aspects of what we do um, and just kind of puts out the the, um, I guess, for lack of better words, like the, the prettier side of everything. Um, so there, there's a lot of ways to, um, you know, skin a cat, I guess, and hide um, really clever, you know, design uh, features. Um, and, you know, I just kind of named a few, but I mean, there's so many, there's so many things out there and um, more people are developing even more creative ways to, to, to be sneaky and hide things too. So I think it's something that will always be evolving and there always is going to be new ideas. And I think it's great. There's so many gems in what you just said. Uh, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, <laughs> I, I really like the first point in particular, though, where you're talking about, you know, even something as, as simplistic as chairs and how different they are in a senior living environment. And I, I really like the way you phrase it, where to a senior living professional who's been in the industry for a while, it might not be a surprise, but to somebody coming in from the outside, even an experienced designer, I mean, there's presumably a lot to relearn. So with that in mind, what's, what's, what are some examples of big lessons that you had to learn early on in your career after entering the senior living space? Well, I would say the first one that comes to mind is definitely having a thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, anyone that wants to be in a, um, a the design or architecture or any really creative field where, um, you're making something for a larger population, you really got to understand that you have to have a thick skin and that you can't take things personally. So for the designer, or the architect or the artist, you know, this is something that you're putting your whole heart and soul into um, and understanding that that thing is going to be judged and it's not always going to be received the way that you hope that it will. Um, and to be able to be open to the criticism um, and understand where that criticism is coming from and why, um, I think is really important for somebody to be able to grow um, and get better. 
Um, and it's not about whether you agree with it or not, but it's about just having the understanding of um, the different perspectives and knowing that, um, you know, the next time, how, how could I maybe make this a little bit better? Um, I also think the on the flip side of that, you know, understanding that everyone is going to have their own opinion because everyone has their own aesthetic and that's okay. And not everybody has to love what you do or love um, what you're putting out there and being able to um, accept that and, um, you know, continue to, to have confidence and, and do uh, do what you're passionate doing, um, knowing that it's, it's not going to be loved by everyone, you know, um, that would probably be the biggest lesson that I had to learn really early on. <laughs> and it just sounds like such a vulnerable position being a designer where you've you've schemed up all these ideas, you've you've even put things together. And then even if you receive the approvals, even if it's implemented, I guess you can never know how it's going to be received. And, you know, you don't know if if every single person coming in is going to appreciate it. And just, right. just having said that, I'm curious what the emotions of a grand opening are like for you, knowing that you've labored oh, so much to piece something <laughs> together. And now here are all these people coming in and interacting with your space at the same time for the first time. A grand opening is probably one of my most favorite times. Um, it's definitely kind of nerve wracking, right? Because you, again, like, of course, you have all this passion into something and you want everyone to love it, you know? Um, and uh, so you get sort of, um, or at least I do, towards the end there, you know, when everything's done, I'm like, you know, I really love it and I'm happy with, you know, most everything I, I usually find in every project, there's always like, you know, maybe one or two things that I'm like, yeah, like, you know, kind of wish I would have did this differently, or maybe that wasn't the best choice. But it's usually stuff I don't think anyone else would notice except <laughs> except for me. Um, but, you know, I always get a little bit nervous just because, um, again, you know, you're about to get judged. And um, that can be a, a really hard thing. And so I'm sort of I think my nerves are you know, just my skin, you know, again, getting thicker and, and ready for um, anything that might come my way. Um, but I also, I feel like the nerves are good too. So I, I really welcome the nerves and the nervousness and the butterflies, um, because I think that it means that you're never too comfortable or too confident. Um, and it means that you still really care. Um, if you're not getting butterflies, you're not getting nerves, I would maybe question how much passion you had into, <laughs> into your work. Um, but, um, so that, that's the nerve, you know, kind of the, the nervous side, but then the exciting side is also just being able to show everything off and, and all that hard work that goes into it. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, I've been working on Lincoln park for over a year. You know, I personally go to installs and I, you know, I put in the labor on installs as well. So, you know, a, a lot has gone into it. So I, I do get really excited to, to show it off and to hear the reactions. Um, and our grand openings are like so fun. You know, we have live bands, we have like great food, you know, everyone's together and, um, it's, it's just a really, it's a fun time. So, um, yeah, I love grand openings. So Danielle, are there any signatures or common threads that you tie into your projects when possible? You know, I don't really, uh, I can't really think of anything like that offhand, to be honest. Um, every project that we do, like I mentioned before, it's so different. And it's so um, they're all unique, because they're they're in different areas of the country, we're targeting different types of people. And 
Um, so I can't really think of anything that's like a common thread, but that's also why I love this industry and what we do um, at Belmont Village is because it's never boring. You know, there's always like a new idea to be had and there's always a new concept that I'm trying to come up with uh, versus, you know, I know some other um, design careers, you know, not in senior living, but maybe in retail and things like that where, you know, they just kind of like do the same footprint everywhere, no matter where they build a store, you know, and that's not really, that's not really what, what this is. And I think that for me, that's something that's very attractive and what I love most about it. And for others who are interested in pursuing a similar path, I mean, just what advice do you have for others who are interested in combining design and senior living? You know, I would say that my advice to any interior designer, because um, it is really a hard field to to um, get your foot in the door. It, it took me a really long time um, to get my foot into the door. I, I would say just, you know, be persistent. Um, if you're really, truly passionate about it um, and it's something you really want to do, just don't say no to any opportunity that comes your way. Say yes. Ask questions later. I mean, that would be like, the, it's true. It would be the number one advice. You know, just just say yes to everything and then and figure it out after, you know, um, because, you know, we live in, well, we live in such a digital world now where even if you, you might not know much about something, you could find it out pretty easily with Google. But, um, you know, I just, I, when I was in school, I never thought of myself as, I'm going to do design for senior living. That th that never came into my head or those words never came into out of my mouth. I always said, I know that I don't want to do residential design. Um, I want to do commercial design, hospitality design. Um, but I just didn't know, you know, what in what sector I wanted to go, right? Um, and then I just sort of fell into this this senior living, the senior living thing, and it has been everything that I ever wanted in a career and in, in a design career. It's been everything, and I would have never guessed that had I prejudged the book by the cover. Um, so I think that would be my number one advice: is like. You, you know, just always try anything, never say no, because you never know what you're going to fall in love with. Um, and you never know what you don't know. So you really got to get into something. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But at least at least, you know, and you might meet somebody within that opportunity that brings you to the next opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I would say that that's like the gold standard advice that I would give anybody that's you know, uh, aspiring um, in in college interior design in interior design school, or or even um, has graduated and still hasn't really found that thing, or you know has gotten their foot in, in to the door that they want to be in. Danielle, I think that is some sage advice and such a perfect note to end on. Thank you for bringing your knowledge, your experience, and most of all your passion to this podcast to help teach others about the intersection of senior living and design. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. If you want to see Danielle's work for yourself, I recommend you check out her Instagram. Just look for D4Designed. That's the letter D, the number four, designed. I'll also be sure to include her Instagram handle in the show notes. 
Well, that's all for this episode. If you liked learning about the intersection of senior living and design, feel free to subscribe or even leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This is just a fun project for me, and my reviews help more people find the show, and it helps me continue to get great guests on here like Danielle. Anyway, thanks, and stay tuned for the next episode.